Did you know that your focus equals your results? In today's episode, we will explore the power of your mind to impact everything pertaining to you, even the marketing communication strategy and copy that you write or have written for you. Whether you mean to or not, what you focus on does show up in your life and every aspect of your business. With that in mind, Let's look at mindset and focus and how to use it so that it helps us communicate effectively. Do you feel like you compromise your values when you write marketing copy? Does creating ethical communication strategies perplex you? Imagine the business opportunities that would open up when you take a stand to market without manipulation. Now is the time. Disrupt your marketplace by using God-inspired marketing strategies to connect with your customers. Hear how other Christ followers in business are exchanging today's hype for authentic alignment. The Joyful Communications Podcast dives into ways to communicate effectively with integrity. Here's your host, Chief Communication Strategist, Joy Caps. Last week, we level set the playing field by unpacking five points about copywriting and communication strategy, including what it is, how it's used in the world today, a resource to help you show up in the marketplace ethically and authentically, and ways that Jesus modeled exactly what to do. Today, we will build on those concepts by looking at the power of your mind to impact everything that you think, say, do, and create, even your marketing communication strategy and copy. Over the next few minutes, I have five points I want to share. We're going to look at why is your focus important and why your focus equals your results and then how, God forbid, your focus can derail you. And finally, we'll take a look at how to focus on the right things and how to choose wisely. Did you know that 80% of success is due to psychology? Your mindset, right? You know, only 20% of what we do is due to strategy, the specific steps that we need to accomplish a result. Our mindsets are so important that, check this out, all the major religions and many internationally renowned gurus and some that aren't so well-known, teach about mindset in one way or another. From meditation to positive self-talk to cultivating your purpose to insert thing here, mindset is a powerful tool. Mindset is also used as a means to control others. We've seen it witnessed in stories that have played out by cult leaders, dictators, politicians, news outlets, and a wide array of other quote-unquote institutions. While one's mindset is comprised of your beliefs, attitudes, and focus, your focus is the most powerful. I mean, think of some of these statements that we've heard, right? What you focus on, you become. What you focus on becomes powerful. Whatever you focus on increases or grows. You've heard the concept of focus described in a number of ways. The reason is because whatever we put our attention to, that's what's going to come out of us. You know, what goes on in between your ears, your mind impacts everything. Your mindset, my mindset, everyone's mindset is driven by what we focus. 
Your mindset is so important that it's even mentioned over 160 times in the New Testament alone. Now, in the Old Testament, in Proverbs 23, 7, there's a very popular verse that, that we've all heard from time to time. It says that, as you think, so you are. Well, okay, clearly your focus is important. But I want to take a moment to look at some real life examples. I mean, think about the individual who sits in front of the TV or social media all the time, listening to that political thrashing. I mean, they run the risk of mirroring the opinions that he or she is hearing. And after a while, those opinions may become their beliefs without them even realizing it. And they start to show up in the way that the person talks, the things they create, the things they post online, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not just pointing fingers at others. I'm pointing fingers at myself because I used to be that person that listened to all the political thrashing, and then it would show up in whatever I would share online. What about this one? What about today's young athlete? You know, a lot of them are verbally beaten down by his or her coaches or parents. And day in and day out, they hear things like, you can do better. What's wrong with you? You're not trying hard enough. After a while, that those athletes begin to believe those things. Depression, mental exhaustion, even suicide attempts, and sadly some successes become far too much of a reality for many of the youth and college athletes today. Why? Because their mind is focused on the wrong inputs. Now, that in, insight, that story that I just shared is prevalent in my mind because the mental health of young athletes is what one of my clients addresses head on in all of his businesses, his courses and books. So I've been thinking about that a lot, but there's other fixations out there. I mean, you name it, there's something that you can focus your mind on. I mean, food, working out, keeping up with the Joneses, getting praise, compliments, affirmations, or maybe it's buying things. Whatever you become fixated on, it's it's kind of like a drug that, that starts to make you feel good, but it also impacts how you show up in the world. If, for example, you were focused on food, you would do whatever you could to get it, to get that drug of food. And the quote-unquote dieter would sneak food into their closet or hide the extra cookies, eating them, quote unquote, out of you. Sadly, after a while, those extra stolen treats, well, guess what? They're going to show up for the world to see. Or what about the shopaholic? You know, the person who buys things that he or she doesn't need? Could be brand names or maybe they're stockpiling with lifelong supply of items. I don't know, whatever it is, they end up overspending. And sadly, those charges, well, they're going to show up on the credit cards. And after a while, they're going to run out of places to hide the surplus goods, right? Well, that brings me to my second point. Why is our focus on our results so important? Why is what we focus on going to equal our results? I mean, no matter what we fixate on, you can't keep the object of our desire hidden from others for long. What is that saying? Be careful that your sins don't find you out. Well, I think that applies here. Now, let's pause to clarify. What does your focus and mindset have to do with marketing and communications? Here's the answer. Pretty much everything. Because marketers today, they know to focus on who the customer is, what they want, how the customer thinks, the emotions the customer feels, and the problems they want solved. 
And in turn, they use those facts to create compelling copy with the goal of getting people to do things. So let's dig a little bit deeper and apply the power of mindset and focus to our business in other ways. What you focus on will permeate everything you create. I mean, if you're focused on doing whatever it takes to make sales, it's going to become pretty easy for a little hype and manipulation to slip in there. I mean, nobody's going to know, right? No one's looking. I'm reminded as I think about this, of several corporate executives that I encountered over the years in my career who were so focused on power and position that they did whatever they could to manipulate, cajole, and lie as they climbed their way over other people to get to the top. They, they left a shrapnel, a, a, a landmine field of people behind them that they used to get to where they were going to be. And this fixation that they had on power and position, well, yeah, they made a name for themselves. And they did position themselves as a force to be reckoned with. But to what end? You know, I guarantee you on the other side of those people, those positions of power that they got were some pretty lonely people. What about the entrepreneurs who see the pie in the sky out of this world success that other gurus are experiencing. I I know that's been me. Just like a moth drawn to a flame because the entrepreneurs want to experience the same success, well, we start to study and absorb and embrace every aspect of what those gurus are teaching, selling, and offering. And the next thing you know, well, we're buying every course and program that person sells, right? And then we start using the same technology platforms and creating the same marketing strategies and mirroring exactly what we see. All because we want to be like our hero du jour and experience the same results. But the reality is, and sadly, only a minute fraction of people experience any long-term transformation by focusing and mirroring a guru. Why? Because what we end up copying, well, that, that wasn't designed with your individual business in mind or my individual business in mind. Now, sometimes we see well-meaning individuals cross the line just a little bit, thinking it'll be okay and nobody will notice. But sadly, that one bite leads to more, which derails, I don't know, their entire diet. Or maybe that one drink leads to more, which ends years of sobriety. Or that little white lie or stretched truth in the marketing copy, it works so well to get people to buy something, or maybe it worked so well in sales that they didn't even realize the slippery slope of selling or writing with hype and manipulation soon became okay. And it became their new norm. That's what brings me to our third point. Why what we focus on can derail us. You know, these challenges, they, they, didn't just happen today. I mean, these challenges, they've happened for centuries since the beginning of mankind. Think about it. Eve and and what happened after she took that one bite. Or what about David who kept watching another man's wife, Bathsheba? That innocent act led to adultery, a child out of wedlock, murder, and David being punished by God. You know, what if we looked at Solomon. You remember Solomon? My husband, Robert, and I, we've been reading about Solomon, the wisest man in the world who had great favor with God. But he also 
had a downfall, an Achilles heel. In his case, it was women. Yet, believe it or not, Solomon in the Bible had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which you and I both know that didn't happen overnight. And we also know that maintaining that group of a thousand women, well, it took a lot of his time. And after a while, Sadly, he forgot about his relationship with God because he was so focused on other things. And by giving into his weakness, his heart turned to other gods and worship practices that involved things like orgies and sacrificing children. Eventually, well, he lost his favor with God. His compromise found him completely taking his eyes off the Lord. Imagine what might have happened to the world if Eve had never taken that bite of the forbidden tree. Or what if David had not started the chain of events by lusting after Bathsheba? Or King Solomon, if he had not given in to his weakness for women, imagine the changes in the course of history that would have happened with each situation. Okay, so that's it from a biblical perspective, but how about a personal, real-life example or two? I've got some of my own, because what we focus on can derail us and take us off course. For example, several decades ago, when I first started pursuing the hobby of scuba diving, I was doing my checkout dives for my basic open water certification. And there was that point that you may or may not know about, but it's where you have to take your mask off while you're in the water and then put it back on and purge all the water out. Well, that alone was daunting and it scared me, but it was the second step that really almost did me in. You see, the second step found me taking the regulator out of my mouth. That's the piece that you suck on to get that life-giving air into your lungs. And I, the, the test is you have to throw the hose over your shoulder, sweep your arm back around to find it and put it back in your mouth. It sounded awful in that moment. I mean, I had just taken my mask off and could barely see. And in this case, the thought of not being able to breathe, I, I became so focused on that. And the possibility of drowning, I couldn't move forward. I was so focused on what might happen that I almost bailed out. But thankfully, my dive instructor, Sally Robinson, she refused to let me give in and she calmed me down and she changed my focus and I passed the test. And I've I've got over a thousand dives under my belt now. So I guess I, I hung in there and learned to focus on the right thing, right? But what about in the business world? You know, I was reflecting on this point about what could derail. And I was thinking about the many clients and bosses that I've had over the years where I put their needs and wants above mine. I remember working so, so hard to make specific individuals who will go unnamed to look good. I wanted desperately for them to give me accolades for basically selling my soul out as a outstanding employee or quote unquote, an amazing consultant. And I was so focused on that, that I was blindsided by a laundry list of things. And I took my eyes off the Lord in the process. Here's what I know to be true. The workaholic who puts her job or clients first at the risk of her health and personal relationship looks very, very different than the person who balances everything with God. Since I used to be that workaholic that put others first before family, friends, and God, I'm speaking with understanding. Whatever you and I focus on will show up in our lives and businesses, whether we want it to or not. What we focus on can derail us and will take us off course. When that happens, like Eve, David, Solomon, so many others, even myself, we miss out on the blessings that God intended for us to have. 
Let's face it, it's hard being human. It's hard not to get distracted or give in to our desires. It can also be a slippery slope. Stories like the ones I've shared are cautionary tales for you and I both. Which brings me to my fourth point. So if that's the case, how do we focus on the right things? I mean, we have to be careful to absorb, take in, and focus on the right things so that whatever we think, say, create, and do will emulate the right things. In the case of a Christian in business, no matter what role you play, business owner, marketer, salesperson, manager, analyst, insert position here, whatever you consume the most, that's going to permeate throughout your mindset and it will show up in the work you produce. If you're focused on doing whatever it takes to grow your business, manipulative techniques, hidden agendas, lying, stealing, whatever it is, that's what's going to show up. But if you fix your eyes on the things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, which happens to be listed in Philippians 4.8, God's best for you versus some guru's magic potion for moving the needle or self-imposed things you do yourself, God's best for you will help you show up very differently in the words that you write and the things that you say and the things that you create. Why? Because you're focused on the right things. It kind of makes me think about a tree or a plant. You know, the tree or plant that absorbs good nutrients, water, and soil, well, guess what? It produces good fruit versus the ones that produce bitter fruit because they stand in poor soil without proper nourishment. What if you and I, as Christ followers, Christ followers with the business, what if we rooted ourselves in God's word consistently? What do you think would happen? What if we fed off the nutrients that are found in scripture and consistently sought a personal relationship with God? How would we show up in life and the marketplace? Well, I venture to guess that others would see a spring in our step and an optimistic outlook on the world around us, right? We'd constantly have kind things to say to others. We'd strive to model sound wisdom and discernment. The fruits of the spirit, godly attributes, well, those kind of things would shine through whatever we do whatever we create. The question is, how can you know that you're focusing on the right things? Well, simply said, we must consistently make the right choices. Which brings me to my last point. How how can we choose wisely? Well, in business and in life, every moment of every day is an opportunity to choose which way you're going to show up. When you create communication strategy and copy, you're making a choice to focus on the gurus and copy their magic roadmap for getting people to take action, or to study the best practices that the world teaches and then filtering it through God's word. Now, it may sound like a daunting task to focus on the quote unquote right things so that you have a good mindset and you keep everything balanced and you try to show up in a Christ-like way, but I'm here to tell you, while it may sound daunting, it is indeed possible. One key though is not compartmentalizing things. And and I'm guilty of doing that in my past. I used to compartmentalize things, you know, where I'd leave God at the door whenever I walked into the workplace. But when I lived life in business that way, it only served to meet other people's agenda and it completely eliminated the teachings of the Bible altogether. The creator of the universe in that reality had no place in the workplace. And I used to believe that lie. But here's what I know to be true. If we invite our living, loving God into everything we do, work, life, 
day-to-day human interactions, what we focus on, how we show up, and our mindset about the things we create and communicate will be transformational and completely void of any hype or manipulation that can try to creep its way in. Now, don't get me wrong. You're not going to be perfect. In fact, you're going to have a lot of challenges. But if, nay, nay, when you make a regular practice to invite Abba Father into every aspect of what you do, you're going to start making wise choices and showing up very differently than others. What you focus on will be filtered through a godly lens first and foremost. Kind of like exercising a muscle, though. You, you have to practice it regularly for it to become a thing. It has to become a habit. You know, when you exercise that muscle at the gym, the more reps you do after a while, you start to build that muscle. You see it grow. You see the cut start to show. Now, one way that I like to do this is by using a tool. I shared with you about it in the first episode. It's a tool that I like to call the ultimate how-to guide, also known as the Bible. You and I are so blessed because we have this resource at our fingertips and the people from the days of old, well, they didn't possess it. Sadly, I used to consider that particular resource, the Bible, to be more like a rule book. And I have to tell you, I was mistaken. Why? Because the Bible is filled with so many examples of how to deal with situations, how to think, how to act, how to create things, how to market, and even how to write. But here's the thing. You and I have to make a choice to study those things. We have to make a choice to dig deep, spend time with the Lord, and look for applications in everything. Why? Well, it's pretty easy to get sucked into the vortex of focusing on the wrong things or getting unknowingly manipulated by someone else with an alluring hook and promises of incredible results. We have to constantly make choices and be intentional to filter everything we do in the right way. Now, you may wonder, how can you filter your marketing, communication strategy, and other business concepts through the Bible? I mean, There's 929 chapters in the Old Testament and 260 chapters in the New Testament. So that's a lot of content to filter things through, right? I thought that way too, until the Lord helped me focus on two passages that you've heard me mention before, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and Philippians 4, 8. That's a thing that I've actually cultivated into a process. I call it joyful copy and it works this way. First, We make wise choices by inviting the Lord into whatever we're doing from the beginning and asking him to partner with us, asking him to guide us. And then we study and thoughtfully apply the best practices that the world teaches for achieving anything, but in our case, for marketing, communications, strategy, and copywriting. And then we filter whatever we've created through the three core verses. I'll say them again, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and Philippians 4, 8. The the verses in Galatians, that's called the fruits of the Spirit. And the verse in Philippians, well, that's about a Christ follower's thought life. And then here's the piece that's really important. When you're filtering whatever you've created through those verses, if you find anything that shows up as the antithesis of those characteristics, well, you either need to edit it, modify it, or start over. It's that simple. This joyful copy is a way that I've found to focus on the right things so that I don't accidentally get sucked into the manipulative, twisted ways of doing things, and my mindset is aligned with God's Word. So remember, your mindset and focus have everything to do with how you show up in life and in the marketplace. And what you focus on 
will show up in your results, whether you want it to or not. So choose wisely. This first season of the Joyful Communications podcast is designed to take a dive into joyful copy, which hones in on nine characteristics from Galatians and a few others from Philippians 4.8. And I hope you'll join me in the upcoming episodes as we look at each of these Christ-following characteristics from the world's perspective, and then we'll unpack how and why to demonstrate each characteristic in your life and in your business. I promise you this, taking this stand, it won't be easy, but it will definitely be worth it and set you apart and your business apart in a really good and transformational way. Now, if you're interested in reading more about the definition of joyful copy, you can read about it in section two of my book, Joyful Copy, How to Show Up in the Marketplace Ethically and Authentically. You can get that through online retailers around the globe, but you can also come back and hear the next episodes of the Joyful Communications podcast. This wraps up the second episode of the Joyful Communications podcast. I look forward to connecting with you in episode three, where we'll unpack the power of emotions to sell. Be sure to check out the show notes for the key points. If you enjoyed this episode or have feedback, feel free to reach out to me at joy at joycaps.com or I'd love it if you leave me a rating and review. Now, never miss a show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, be blessed.